This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Yesterday we were talking about this story from Los Angeles. The L.A. Philharmonic Orchestra did a performance of Tchaikovsky's Fifth Symphony. And people who were at this performance claim that a woman had an FBO in the crowd. Freaking body odor. (laughs) She had some freaking body odor. (laughs) No, a a, um, full body orgasm, right? Yeah. That she was so into the music, it brought her to climax. And it was audible for everyone in the building. This is apparently the moment it happened here. Listen to this. Everybody listening to the most beautiful tones imaginable, and then you hear that in the background. Yeah! Like, it wasn't even a sexy one. It was yeah. like... <laughs> I was sure it's sexy to somebody, right? No, it's not. Just to her. You don't think so? <laughs> I would say, can somebody help that old lady who just clearly fell and had a heart attack up? <laughs> the uh, the people who were in attendance say it was a beautiful moment. and That's not... <laughs> so they liked it. They're going to add her to the symphony next. She's going to sit next to the person playing triangles. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were asking the question, you know, we're two dudes. I didn't realize that it was possible to climax just from listening to music. So we said, hey, ladies, help us out here. Is this something that actually happens from time to time? And if it does, let us know what song you want us to play. (laughs) You can turn it up. Um, We got a number of responses from women, many calling us gullible, saying that there's no way this woman had an orgasm just from listening to the music. Yeah, yeah. And there's guys calling us gullible saying women don't have orgasms. (laughs) <laughs> we we have some speculation here from listeners that maybe there was uh, a remote control device yeah. involved because she was there with her partner and apparently they were gazing at each other lovingly. Mm, a lot of Bluetooth contraptions out there after, these days. Yeah, after the, uh, the screams. So yeah. there could have been one of those um, remote control, uh, remote control underwear, we'll call them. <laughs> in play for this moment yeah well here's one one of our listeners says it happened to them uh hey you guys talking about music and o's lol yes once i was at a lamb of god show live guitar solo at rock fest i don't even listen to lamb of god had to apologize to the guys beside me for my nails embedded in his shoulder so she had one at a lamb of god show and grabbed the guy in front of him yeah Gripped him. Uh-huh. No last name, please, if you comment. LOL. Well, we didn't say any of her name, but apparently it happened. So that's a female. <laughs> <laughs> because be I don't know. More upset. <laughs> you're at a Lamb of God concert. I don't know if you want to be grabbing the guy in front of you while you're having no, a, an FBO. Just, just clear, like, <laughs> ask him first for permission. In fact, if you're a lady, I mean, I would, it's still not... A good idea, I would say. To I was in the mosh pit at a Slayer concert, <laughs> and you'll never believe what happened next. Dear Penthouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, then I, I would understand that more because at a Lamb of God show, you think about how loud the speakers are turned up and the vibrations that must be 
traveling through the crowd. Sure. So that could play into it there. Yeah, you never know. She's not sitting on the amps, but right. you know, I don't know. So we got Tchaikovsky's fifth and anything from Lamb of God so far. <laughs> if you're looking to get the job done. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Big movie coming out this week. Jim, remember we saw volume one together and we were shocked that a comic book that we'd never heard of made such an excellent film. Yeah, it was really an obscure property in my mind. I know it had a lot of fans, but it wasn't mainstream in my opinion. But I was blown away. First movie was amazing. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, then came Volume 2 this week. Volume 3 is in theaters, and nobody loves comic books, comic book movies more than our pal Fearless Fred, who joins us on the phone. Hey, Fred, you were at the Toronto premiere last night of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Were there any of the, uh, the film stars there? Yeah, uh, Chikuni Wuji, who plays the villain, the high evolutionary, is in there. And Sean Gunn, who is Craiglin, the guy who takes over for Michael Rooker's character uh, as, you know, one of the ravagers and members of Guardians of the Galaxy. They were both there. And I got to say, the high evolutionary could be one of the best villains Marvel's ever put in the movie, right up there with Thanos. He is one of those guys that it's not just a comic book movie. He's putting on a show, and he's fantastic. He's terrifying and evil and horrible. Oh, cool! You got to have a good villain, and there's got to yeah. be there's got to be stakes. And it's yeah, the most important. The Marvel villains, the best ones to me, are the ones you kind of can see where they're coming from. Like Thanos, you know, he's eh, he's a bad guy, <laughs> but you know, you kind of understand what he's going for. This guy does the opposite. He's like the type of villain that appears in like a children's movie that is malevolent and evil. And like, do you guys remember? There's a. This is gonna sound like a weird tie-in, but do you remember that animated movie from when we were kids, The Secret of Nim? Yes, terrifying. Exactly. It's got a. When people say that it's gonna be a tearjerker, if you are an animal lover or a pet lover it is going to break your heart because you're finally going to find out what happened to Rocket Raccoon. And I know that sounds like silly and it's not going to tug at your heartstrings, but if you look at your dog and when they give you those puppy eyes and you get emotional, this movie's going to gut you. Well, uh, Rocket Raccoon in general, when you first hear the premise of the character talking raccoon who loves weapons, it's so ridiculous, but somehow they made that work. On screen. Bradley Cooper did a good job. Bradley Cooper did a great job. And uh, Sean Gunn is the motion capture guy for Rocket. Uh, You were with him last night. But it's incredible that they made you care about that character to this point. And they go even deeper to that in Volume 3, I guess. And I don't want to make it sound like it's, it's some Shakespearean tragedy or anything. No, there's a lot of comedy in there. And there is the first F bomb in a Marvel movie. I'm not going to tell you where it is, but it's. You know when people are like, if you could add profanity to one scene in a movie, where would it be? This is one of those, they did it perfect. It's exactly where I would have put it to. It's fantastic. <laughs> it, it wraps things up. Does it seem like this is it? Like this is the final Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, there. well, there is. it's hard to explain. But if there was a new Guardians of the Galaxy after this one, it would be a very different movie. And they do a very good job of wrapping everyone's storyline up neatly, not in a way that feels like, oh, they're ramming that in there. There's no ham-fisting in this. It's just a really well-done story. And 
again, that James Gunn soundtrack that he puts together, the mixtape, is awesome. Like, there's so many songs that you know and love, and you're like, I remember this song. It's really good. Yeah, he's got the Zune, right? So we're, we're playing yeah. 90s <laughs> tunes now. A lot of songs that we play here on the Taz and Jim show in the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, from what I understand. There is. I can tell you that there is. And they're well used in the scenes that they're in. That, that's the one thing that I always got to give James Gunn credit for, is the way he incorporates music into his movies. And again, out of the park. All right, Fearless Fred, we've been... Uh, Bombarded with superhero movies, Marvel TV shows. Some may say it's a little much. Uh, a lot of the stuff isn't really standout that we've seen lately. Where is Guardians in the MCU in terms of uh, rating? What would you say? Is it up there or is it uh, I mean, middle of the pack? I'm a space guy. Like the Marvel space stuff is my jam. I remember reading the Infinity Gauntlet off the spinner racks when I was like 12 years old playing Street Fighter at the 7 Eleven. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Good old days. Uh, so, that's always good. so the space stuff always has, sits in my heart. So I'm going to put this one easily in the top five. And I Whoa. think really uh, the performance of the high evolutionary is what gets it there because he is just horrible. And I really loved Guardians. Like that was always my number two in the MCU right behind Winter Soldier. So I really liked it. And it, But that's, that's a bit of a biased opinion. But I think that if you got kids and you want to see something really exciting and wild on the screen, it's a great family flick. I took the kids to it last night and they loved it. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in theaters this week. High praise from Fearless Friends. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Yesterday in Maple Leaf Square outside Scotiabank Arena, our good friend Rick Lee, the most traveled man on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. He is. He's, he's, uh, there's Waldo and then there's Rick Lee. It's sure. like, where is he now? He was at the Queen's funeral. That's right. <laughs> That's not a joke. He was. I wonder if he's going to the King's coronation this weekend. I bet. Uh, but he was uh, outside of Scotiabank Arena last night as fans were exiting, and we asked him to track down some tipsy-looking people for some hammered hockey reviews. It's time for another hammered hockey review. A tough one. You know what? It's, it's, it's the first game of the series. They need a game to get a little comfortable, you know? There was no surprises uh, on, on Florida's side. That they were comfortable. They honestly, I felt like they had a little bit of a boost, you know, from, from especially finishing off with the Bruins. So we have faith in the Leafs. It was a crazy, crazy experience. It was electric, but you know what? At the, at the end of the day, obviously we didn't have a momentum tonight. And uh, we'll be back for game two. We'll be back for game two. We'll be back. Once the end of the game, we, we lost a lot of that momentum because things weren't going our way. Uh, but the Leafs had some a lot, a lot of chances. They definitely seemed more aggressive. It was electric. It was man. absolutely it was electric. electric. Uh, no. I loved every minute. It's the first time my, I brought my son to uh, like an actual second round for the Leafs. So it was fantastic, right? So <laughs> you know, he, he, was the, he was absolutely. You know what? It wasn't you know, who was the better team. It wasn't who was the better team. It was like we had the chances, we had oh, the opportunity, yeah. but we could we couldn't produce. But it was we were all over that man. Yeah. I, I, it was fun. I, I, they are. I, they I are. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, they made bosses, so they have to be bloody for real, wouldn't they? Right. No, it was electric in there. It was fantastic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Go East Go, baby. Go yeah, East Go. Absolutely. Hammer Hockey Review. 
That's the first time I brought my son to a round two Leafs game. And, and don't worry, he'll be driving the car home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not that guy. I love the positivity from the yeah. Leafs fan, a, fans. After a loss, Leaf Nation still positive. After a loss where you're paying those ticket prices, I'd be a lot more angry walking yeah. out of the building. Maybe they haven't admitted it to themselves. <laughs> and I'm always impressed when people can get drunk at a Leaf game. It means they've either got... Uh, uh, a good credit card or some money in the bank. Sure. Because those beers aren't cheap. Or pre-gamed hard. The Taz and Jim Podcast. All show, we have been playing audio from our pal Rick Lee. He is a man about the planet. And you never know where he's going to be next. He was in uh, Maple Leaf Square in Toronto last night outside of Scotiabank Arena. And we asked him, we said, hey, Rick, you're going to be there. Can you look for people who may have had a couple drinks during the game? looking a little tipsy as they come out afterwards and get their thoughts. He did that for us. So here's another Hammered Hockey Review. It's time for another Hammered Hockey Review. Florida? Florida. Let's go Florida. Why? Why? Because my younger brother was drafted to Florida in uh, 1989. Yeah, there. Yes, uh, B.J. Ketchison. Yeah, he was. He played there, and uh, yeah, I just I'm a and I'm a Boston fan, so Florida <laughs> took out Boston. So you know what? I got to uh, I got to cheer for Florida. I got roots. I got roots from many years ago. Were there a lot of Floridian fans in there at all? Uh, zero. <laughs> when they scored, I was the only person in the place that made noise. Cheering for Florida? That guy must have been drunk, Jim. <laughs> and he was a Boston fan, but cheering for Florida. This guy's got no loyalty, except, I guess, to his brother. That's AJ it. Huh. That's cool, though. That's a reason to cheer for Florida. If your brother played for him, no? Eh, all right. I'll get, that That I will allow. That's fine. Uh, weird that he's a Bruins fan, though. But honestly, I think this guy is just another one of these anti-Leaf fans who d- d- his only identity is hating the Leafs. Like, there's a guy, there's another picture going around on Twitter of the same guy who last series was wearing a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey like five days ago at at the Leafs at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. And then he was caught on camera again back last night at the game but wearing a Florida Panthers jersey. I can't think of a sadder human than that pathetic idiot right there. How much of a loser do you have to be to just cheer against whatever team the Leafs are playing? Like, that's like... He could be from Florida. No. Maybe he's just from no. the state of Florida. That's that's like, then if the Florida was playing somebody, then I'd go to the wearing an Ottawa Senators jersey after they put the Leafs out. That's, that's stupid, too. Just because I'm from yeah. Ontario? That's ridiculous. That'd be like if you like, you know, everybody, their identity is hating Nickelback. Oh, I hate Nickelback. That's like a guy going to a Nickelback concert saying he hates them, buying tickets for every Nickelback show on the tour and just going, boo, Nickelback sucks. Like you already paid to get in there. Why do you? Yeah, what are you doing There's here? something that you actually Don't love you have Nickelback. Don't anything better to do You love Nickelback. Time. And this guy loves the Leafs. I know it. This was our theory. A lot of times, people who speak out against something secretly love it. Oh, yeah. Like the guy who trashes his ex. Oh, she's the worst. Buddy, why are you thinking about her so much? Yeah. Move on. You're secretly still in love with mm-hmm. her. You're like the loser at the uh, at the Leafs Pathetic. game in the Florida jersey and the Tampa Pathetic. jersey. Pathetic. I want to see your peacock. I want to see your peacock. Taking a look at sports with Devin Peacock, our sports guy. All this 
Leafs madness going on. I feel like we've been ignoring basketball. Let's talk about the NBA, Dev. We have been ignoring uh, basketball a little bit, and I but I do feel not to make everything about uh, the Leafs and hockey. Oh, here we go. I do feel a bit of a kinship. <laughs> we have been ignoring basketball. So back to Le- uh, the Leafs. I do speaking f- of basketball, the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel a kinship with the New York Knicks. Because they're kind of this tortured franchise as well. Sure. They hadn't won a uh, playoff series for 10 years until they did it uh, just uh, a week ago. Now uh, they're playing the uh, Miami Heat in kind of a throwback uh, series. You know, in the 90s, the Heat and the Knicks used to go back and forth all the time. Uh, so the Knicks won last night. And I'd like to see the Knicks go kind of far here. I don't think they're going to win the NBA title in any way, shape, or form. But they've got uh, R.J. Barrett, a Canadian, mm-hmm. on their team, one of yeah, their better yeah. players. And so I'd like to see the Knicks uh, do well here. I feel like if the Knicks do well, then that's good mojo for for your Toronto Maple Leafs. For other teams who have struggled. <laughs> yeah. What, 10 years, though? What's that? Come on. Well, 10 years since they've <laughs> won a... a uh, well, yeah, it's a blink of the eye for Leaf fans. 10 years since they won a uh, playoff series, but they haven't won like a title since like the 70s. Like, they're... they're... Ah, the 70s. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> a longer nap. <laughs> Uh, what are the other big basketball stories out there right now? Well, I mean, so there's two. Uh, one involving uh, a guy who's no longer playing and a team that's no longer playing and, and uh, two teams that are playing. So you've got the Golden State Warriors and the L.A. Lakers playing right now. The Lakers beat the Warriors last night. This is another edition of the LeBron James versus Steph Curry uh, rivalry that we had for so many years when LeBron was with the Cavs. And uh, the Cavaliers were losing every year except for one to the Warriors in the NBA Finals. The Lakers won last night. The Warriors are just clutching and fighting to try and stay uh, relevant with their dynasty. Uh, But it's a little bit tough right now. So the the Lakers uh, won last night. It'll be fun to see where that goes because the Lakers also, they're kind of like trying to fight here through. It's been a really tough season. And... um, I don't really care about the Lakers or the Warriors, but it'll be a fun uh, series for the for the two teams. Yeah, two superstars playing each other. That's always great. The Lakers are in this series because they beat the Memphis Grizzlies, and uh, the Memphis Grizzlies were the employer of Dylan Brooks, Canadian, who had called LeBron James old. Yeah. Uh, that did not go well <laughs> for uh, D- Dylan Brooks because right after he called LeBron James old, uh, the next game right out of the bat, the Lakers went on a 35-9 to run in their first quarter so they might have been a little bit motivated there and uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and Dylan Brooks have now announced that he is not going to return to the team next year he's a free agent they've both decided it's time for a fresh start that can't be the only reason you don't get fired from a team for calling LeBron James old you don't but there is a lack of a maturity there where he did not speak to the media after the game uh, and even after the series and so you can't you know you can't run your mouth and you can't call LeBron old, and then when LeBron so- shows he's not that old and he kicks your butt, not talk to anybody about it. Like, I know? like that he called LeBron old. I like, And I love LeBron James. I'm a big fan. But I feel like a lot of guys are a little too precious around LeBron. And even Kevin Durant, like everybody's been crapping on Brooks for being a, a pest, and he's got a ton of technical fouls this season. But even Kevin Durant was like, you got to do something. When a team doesn't have an identity like Memphis, one guy's got to step up, stir the pot, t- try to get under the other team's skin. And a lot of players, Kevin Durant says, will let LeBron drive through the lane and go to the hoop uncontested. And Brooks was like, nah-uh. So I know he's a jerk, but he's kind of a jerk you would want on your team in certain situations. He, I mean, it's great to have a jerk on your team. He's like Draymond 
Draymond Green, kind of. Yeah, but Draymond Green's really good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dylan, One small difference. Uh, Dylan Brooks, uh, good player. Maybe a Toronto uh, Raptor, when the uh, NBA trade deadline was on, the Memphis Grizzlies were trying to acquire OG and Anobi. Dylan Brooks was one of the centerpieces they were offering. One of the reasons the Raptors didn't go for it was because he's a free agent, no guarantee uh, that he would resign, but he is a Canadian. He is a really effective wing player. Maybe the Raptors go for a guy like that as they try to reshape their team in the offseason. However, he's not going back to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, I just want you to know I am taking my role as party referee at your wedding very seriously. Okay, great. And I've been uh, reading articles online, getting ready for your big day, which is what, a month from yeah, now? Yeah, literally a month. One month, wow. Ooh, boy. Coming up fast. I found this article. This is Slate.com. Uh, it is... Rules for weddings in 2023 to make them more bearable. Okay? Okay. This is uh, some of the stuff. Suggestions. Let me know if you want me to talk to the team and enact any of of this stuff. Um, What about making dancing mandatory? If you're able-bodied, you have to dance. Otherwise, you get kicked out of the wedding. Sounds like a great wedding in North Korea. What is this? (laughs) You have to dance. You can't force anybody. Or you're gone. But you can't force anybody to dance. Then it turns into like a a school recital where you put in like the bare minimum effort, you know, on stage in front of everybody. No, no. I think everybody will be dancing at my wedding, more or less. The majority. My friends are good dancers. What about your dad? I I look forward to seeing Pat Kelly dance. He will dance, believe it or not. He'll he'll slow dance with Mama Kelly. Uh Uh-huh. But he'll, like, you know, he's not a great dancer, but he'll, like, move the he'll elbows. Move yeah, he'll get out there. Especially once the whiskey starts flowing, I'm yeah. sure. Tapping a toe or two. Your speeches must be pre-written. If anyone tries to give a speech that they have not thought out beforehand, we gong them off the stage. <laughs> I would love that. You know you know me, Taz, and you, too, radio guys. We love timing, you know? We love timing out. Yeah, we yeah. love keeping things quick. Keep it tight. Yeah. I guarantee Sarah's dad, who is a beauty and a funny guy and a great talker, like mm-hmm. I'll just sit there and listen to him talk, his speech is going to go long for sure. Yeah. I've, I've been warned. British accent too, right? Classing it up. Yeah. So it, it will sound classy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to make sure that you give Sarah a good kiss. People want to see a good kiss. None of this little peck like, stuff, you know? So this is on the altar. Right. You may now kiss the bride moment. Yeah, you got to make that memorable for everybody. Tongue? You do what you want to (laughs) do, and I'll let you know afterwards if Uh it lives up to expectations. Uh, Another wedding rule for 2023, no more engagement parties. You didn't have an engagement party, did you? No. What is it? No. Well, we we tried to get one going in like January, and it just didn't, it was hard to wrangle everybody. I've had a, a couple friends who got married, and they had like five pre-parties. They did the bachelor party, the bachelorette, a stock the bar party, a stag and doe, an engagement party. It's like, all right, guys, enough's enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's kind of, I think my family, I think a lot of my aunts and uncles hadn't met Sarah as much as they should have because it was over COVID when we really got serious. Yeah, yeah. So like we weren't hanging out with the family. So I feel like my 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 mom did just throw a uh, a glorified engagement slash shower for Sarah. She's already had a couple showers with her friends, but all my aunts 
and all the female cousins that hadn't really spent a lot of time with her got got together. That's cool because I didn't have to go. So you do, you <laughs> yeah. do you. I'll stay at home. <laughs> we are one month away from Jim's wedding, and a couple weeks away from the bachelor party. That's mm-hmm. going to be a good time too. Me too. For this is the Taz and Jim podcast. I love that we had to do this. Um, if you follow us on social media, you may have seen. Uh, would you call it a public service announcement yesterday, Jim? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it was a service announcement for you, basically. Maybe it's a private service announcement. <laughs> You have been getting tagged in a news article that's been circulating, and we've probably had this sent to us uh, through our DMs, text message, email, 11, 12 times. Publicly tagged on these stories. I don't like it. There's a uh, criminal who was arrested who looks a lot like Jim. And and also, he got arrested for something that's given me a bad reputation. This is not a nice fella. And the article <laughs> could, be getting, could be worse. Could be worse. He could be a murderer. <laughs> or worse. True. But <laughs> this guy. It involves kids. It could be worse. You're right. You're right. But this guy, man spends day telling people that their babies are ugly while standing outside a Walmart. So this guy was posting up by those do- automatic doors. And according to this article, okay, so this was Ventura, California. Dylan McEwen, same age as me, 36 years old. Yeah, same nose as you. Was arrested this afternoon after dozens of calls rang out to the police department complaining that a man was telling parents their babies were ugly while they entered the local Walmart. The man would approach the baby, he would take a look, and if he thought they were ugly, he would say so. So the police confronted him, and he says, quote, I was just telling them the truth. I may be an a-hole, but at least I'm honest. Um, and uh, the parents say he was offensive for absolutely no reason why he would say that. His ugliness obviously runs much deeper. Now, this guy, according to Sergeant Larry Denton, has been doing other things like this. Like, he was at the Ventura Beach, and he was uh, going up to people that he thought had bad bodies, and he went up calling them whales. Oh, he boy. said they'd get harpooned. He told them they better cover up. So he's just going harassing That's what rude. he considers unattractive people. Mm-hmm. So this guy is just mentally terrorizing people across Ventura, California. And obviously he thinks he's super attractive because he looks just like Jim Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Well, he doesn't have to think. He knows. <laughs> and when you're on this high horse, dude, and you're looking down at the peasants, you know, uh-huh. sometimes you just got to let them know. You're just not up to what is Kelly and McEwen status. <laughs> Standing outside a Walmart. Like, it's not like he did it to one person. He was waiting for babies in strollers yeah, yeah. to come into the Walmart so he could take a peek. Did he give thumbs up? Like, did he give positive comments to yeah. the the good the cute babies? Yeah, he's just being honest. And, and he know, would just tell the negative, uh, the, the ugly babies that they were ugly. Yeah, well, he'd tell the parents. And I'm sure the parents were out there bragging about how beautiful their babies, they, uh, their babies are. And you know what? Maybe some parents need to know. My doppelganger is right. <laughs> Me and you, Dylan, let's go. Take on the world. So what time are you going to the Walmart today, Jim? <laughs> I think now that Zellers is back, I'll post up out yeah. there. Your yeah. baby's ugly. <laughs> I, that was not Jim Kelly who no. was arrested for doing that, and I am assuming he's joking. I do not endorse that. All babies are beautiful. In their own special way. Sure. Right? And <laughs> the beach? Yeah? No comment. <laughs>